Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung, and of course you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Addicts, it's the Lowe's uh, back for the week five preview at FFA underscore Lowe's. Another exciting week in the books, heading into another exciting week yet again. Colts and Broncos tonight. Who you got, Mung? Yeah, it's, uh, man, the Colts are in a tough spot. Uh, we just yeah. saw the game just started as we're recording right now and nine Hines down with a concussion likely out for the rest of this game. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I picked Denver even before this, just because the Colts offense hasn't been doing much in general. And, uh, now they lost Jonathan Taylor for this week, potentially another game as well. So we'll see. It is a tough go for them, starting very poorly, of course, with uh, Matt Ryan doing nothing to start the year, looking worse than once was for him last year. Just a team in disarray. Start with that uh, tie to Houston, uh, except they did beat the Chiefs, so I don't know. Yeah, it's been, I mean, it's, I feel like we say this every year, but it's been a brutal start for a lot of these uh, big name running backs. Of course, Jonathan Taylor missing some time. Uh, Dalvin yep. Cook and Alvin Kamara haven't been great to start the season with Kamara having missed a few games already. And uh, yeah, hopefully you are navigating through these running back injuries. Uh, Javante Williams as well. We'll see what the workload split is going to look like uh, between Melvin Gordon and Mike Boone tonight. They also signed Latavius Murray. So lots to discuss about the week five matchup previews and uh so, yeah, I am going to officially take Denver in this game. Did you say you are as well, Los? Yeah, me too. Yep. All right. And before we move on to the other matchups, uh, we're, we're getting right, into, right down to business tonight. <laughs> but yep. uh, before we jump in too much, <laughs> I do want to cover the Jonathan Taylor injury because yeah. uh, the ankle injury, it sounds like it's not as serious and quote-unquote not a high ankle sprain as originally thought, but he could still miss some time. And my concern is, I, I want to get your read on this, Los. Uh, of course, we don't have any specific medical information on him, but from the doom and gloom surrounding some of the reporting, it's sounding like even though it's not a high ankle sprain that would be dreaded, it, it still could linger, kind of like how we saw Saquon Barkley come back from his ankle injury last season after not too long, but he just didn't look quite as explosive even once he was back on the field. Yeah, that's the exact uh, that's the exact parallel I would draw in the situations. Of course, Saquon's being the more freak injury, you know, getting stepped on from behind. But um, whether it's a high or low ankle sprain, that's a that's a you know a disruption in the ligament there. So you need time for that to heal. People heal at different rates, different speeds, um, and need the swelling to go down in order to feel the uh, less discomfort. So um, hopefully, this doesn't become a lingering issue. Hopefully, this doesn't turn into the Saquon situation, but. Hey, that, that year wasn't Saquon going, uh, like first or second overall. Yeah. And I, I wanted to do a quick, no, would Christian you rather here? Was, but, uh, because if you are two and two, let's say right now, heading into week five, obviously with uh, the Colts game, having already started, you can't make any trades with Taylor now, but let's say you lose this week. Let's say you're two and three or you're one and four if someone is offering you and I don't think you can get Barkley or McCaffrey for Taylor right now, um, because he was struggling even before, but yeah, let's no say, let, let's say heading into week six, uh, you desperately need a win and <laughs> someone offers you Austin Eckler for Jonathan Taylor. Are you taking that? Hmm. I'd give Eckler one. Do, do I have to take it today or can I take it in week six? 
Well, I mean, by the time people listen to this, it's going to be Friday, so you can't trade Taylor. Okay. So heading into week six, let's say you're two and three, one and four, you need a win, and you're not sure about Taylor for week six. That's a good, that's a good question. And Eckler just had obviously a bombastic week, but I'd like to see him repeat or at least be close to it before I accept that trade. It, that one's close, but if you give me a different name, I might, I might say sure. Okay, Leonard Fournette. No, I'm hanging on to Taylor. Alvin Kamara? Hanging on to Taylor. Joe Mixon. Taylor. Dalvin Cook. No, Taylor. Same idea with as Taylor, though. Okay, so you would say he's still your RB3 rest of season right now behind only yeah. McCaffrey and Barkley? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, and again, I think it really depends because if you're one and four, you know, heading into week six, I think you just have to try and get some sort of production, but obviously don't panic sell on Taylor, but certainly time to consider some options. Um, particularly if you do have some good running back options, it's also worth looking into exploring some wide receiver trades, potentially depending on your positional needs, but all right, let's move on from Taylor. We talked about him. We're both taking the Broncos tonight in this game. So let's go to the Sunday games. First off another London game. So make sure you set your alarm clocks, 8 30 AM central, 9 30 AM Eastern, the New York giants at the green Bay Packers. Uh, Daniel Jones, it sounds like he's trending in the right direction for this game, even after a high ankle sprain, of course, not quite as uh, rough on quarterbacks as they are for running backs, but certainly you don't want to be starting Jones against the Packers defense when he's immobile, because part of why we like Daniel Jones sometimes is because of that rushing potential. That said, you know, no matter who the Giants quarterback is, I'm not too worried about Saquon Barkley here. This is a vulnerable Packers run defense that got gashed by both of the New England running backs last Sunday. So, again, uh, I'm starting Barkley no matter what, as I'm sure people were anyway. And Saquon's the only start for me right now. I'm not touching the wide receivers. Yep. Uh, In deeper leagues, Wandale Robinson worth a stash just because he's pretty much the only healthy option if if he is back this week. Um, on the Packers side here, uh, Romeo dubs, the rookie ran the most routes among the green Bay wide receivers against the Patriots last week with Alan Lazard right behind him. Uh, it's really those two guys right now in the running backs. Yeah. Um, hopefully the running backs get return a little more of that value you drafted them for, but, uh, this green Bay team will get to clicking a little more. We'll see a few more points coming out of this offense uh, in due time. I don't know if this is the week for it, but. Could be. London games are always weird, right? We're going to sit there and expect Green Bay to win by, you know, 10, but London, London's always weird. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they'll cover that kind of spread, but uh, at the end of the day, I am still going to take the Packers. In this one. Yes, absolutely. All right, let's move on then to the Sunday regular time, noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern game, starting with the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. And you've got uh, Kenny Pickett starting his first game against a pretty bad uh, Bill's defense. Oh, just kidding. Uh, one of the best defenses in the league. So, uh, tough for him. Certainly, uh, interestingly or interesting that Mike Tomlin decided to go with Pickett. uh, basically throw him to throwing him to the wolves against the bills this week. They get the bucks next week, a pretty solid Miami defense the following week, and then a red hot Eagles defense before their bye. So, it's going to be, uh, you know, sink or swim time for Kenny Pickett immediately as a rookie. Uh, but all that being said, Pickett is probably good for Pickens, the rookie wide receiver who saw 159 air yards 
against the Jets last week, second among all wide receivers in week four behind only Tyree Kill. Clearly, there's some rookie-to-rookie connection there, and I think he's a wide receiver three with quite a bit of upside in a game script where the, the Pittsburgh Steelers should be throwing a lot. Yep, he's the one I'm targeting right here. Uh, this is definitely baptism by fire for for the rookie quarterback. Um, I think he's going to get caught in the flames. I, I, I do not expect this to go very well for the Pittsburgh offense at all. Expect a down day for Najee Harris. Yeah, I do think there will be plenty of garbage time targets to go around, though, between Pickens, Deontay Johnson, and Pat Fryermuth. Sure, sure. Um, on the Bills' side, uh, it was a messy committee uh, at, in the backfield to start the year, but Devin Singletary has now seen 73% and 87% of the snaps in their last two games. I think he's a strong RB2 option this week uh, where Buffalo is favored by 14 points last I checked uh, and where they should be leading all game, leading to a bit more work for Singletary. We'll monitor Gabriel Davis's ankle injury. It sounds like he's getting closer to 100%, so make sure nobody... Uh, dropped him just double check your waiver wires there and check in on isaiah mckenzie too who's uh, still in the concussion protocol but is trending up so make sure to monitor his status here yeah if mckenzie's there i'm flexing him in um if davis is there i'm I'm flexing him in he's not a wide receiver too for me just yet yep and in deeper leagues khalil shakir the rookie uh looked good on a couple catches uh, late against baltimore after mckenzie left the game and after jameson crowder broke his ankle so shakir again for deeper leagues uh, potentially a desperation start here or at least a, a, a waiver stash to pick up preemptively i'm starting to believe that um Devin Singletary is going to keep getting a few uh, pass targets and really lead this backfield um, for, for a good majority of the season. What's your, what's your temperature on him? Yeah, it seems like Allen has been willing to target the running back position. And as long as, again, it's just tough to predict, right? Because they did draft James Cook presumably, presumably for that role that they wanted to sign J.D. McKissick for. So and then he I fumbled think, that job away real quick. Yeah, so I, I think... Uh, I think Singletary is a fine hold because he certainly could see, continue to see this workload throughout the year. But depending on your roster, potentially a sell high as well if we do end up seeing more of James Cook uh, over the second half of the season. That's fair. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go necessarily buying him for uh, yeah for way too much. Sure. And uh, I think this will be one of the easier picks for the week. Uh, give me the Bills. I will take Buffalo. All right, next game up, the L.A. Chargers at the Cleveland Browns. Justin Herbert looked a lot healthier against the Texans this past week, uh, but Keenan Allen still not practicing with that hamstring injury. It's starting to really look very iffy for him rest of season because if this is how severe that hamstring injury was, and it sounds like he might have aggravated it in practice last week, then this could be an issue all season. And I do think that Josh Palmer uh, should be a firm hold for that reason. You know, I thought Josh Palmer was going to break out three weeks ago. Then I thought it two weeks ago. Then I thought it last week. And Gerald Everett just keeps eating everything up while Austin Eckler's Austin Eckler's heating up. I don't know if I'm starting Palmer this week. I I don't know that he's a particularly strong option, but I think he's still in that wide receiver three territory for as long as Allen is out. But certainly, I mean, Everett's a top five tight end right now. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Palmer's just a little more boom bust. I was expecting more in the at least four plus target range. Just one last week. Really, really shocked me. Yeah. I mean, again, that was a, where they, a game where they jumped out to an early lead against the Texans and the Texans came back a little bit. I do think 
um, against better opponents, which again, might not be this week. Uh, Palmer should see a, a few more targets. Yeah. We still, had, we still had 40 pass attempts. I think it wasn't uh yeah. I, I mean, I I'm with you. I like Josh Palmer. Um, he's just not uh, gelling as quickly as I would have hoped for. Yeah. Definitely more of a big play threat, I think. And, yeah. and a little bit more boomer bust for sure. Yeah. Uh, they're really missing. I mean, uh, the reason that Everett and Eckler are doing so well is because Allen isn't doing that work in the middle of the field on the shorter intermediate range routes. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and on the Browns side here, uh, Cooper, Joku, and a heavy dose of Nick Chubb against this Chargers run defense, I would imagine. If the Chargers can get it together, that should keep Kareem Hunt in the game. I, I think he's worth a flex every week, just because you don't know what's going to happen to that offense. And if Cleveland does get behind, um, he, he'll have a he'll have a, an easy running back to worthy week. Yep. And while it would not shock me if the Browns pull an offset, I'm still going to go with the Chargers. Huh. This one's in Cleveland, right? Yes. Justin Herbert looked, I, I think he's back this. I, I mean, he was back last week, but I, I think he's, I think he's good. Um, Chargers are going to win this one by a little more than uh, what the spread is. Yeah. Look, there's plenty of ways for the Chargers defense or special teams to give this one away. I'm just not betting against her a healthy Herbert right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I, honestly, it wouldn't shock me if the Browns just pound the ball and that somehow the Chargers end up giving this game away with their defense or special teams. But at the end of the day, right now, I just can't bet against the healthy Justin Herbert. He's looking good, even without Keenan Allen. So I am going to take the Chargers on the road here. That brings up the point. What uh, what are we doing with Nick Chubb? Are we are we uh, slim pickensing this thing, or are we selling high? I... <laughs> I mean, what's sell high, right? Because exactly. uh, running backs are so scarce right now. I mean, he's a top 12 running back right now. Yep. Um, sure. I just don't, I just don't know what you would be getting, you know, unless well, he's you're running back. Right right now, running I think, back. or is he running? Yeah. Well, rest of season, I mean, he's, he's a top 12 right now. So you would have to get a really good wide receiver and have, you know, quite a bit of running back depth to make it worthwhile. I would think. Yeah. Definitely. But I, I mean, as of right now, I don't think I'd even flip him for like Henry straight up or cook straight up. I mean, or... I'm fine with keeping Chubb, even if you get off for Jonathan Taylor right now. I mean, they're similar yeah. running backs, right? And yeah. clearly the, <laughs> it sounds crazy to say, but the Browns offense is looking much better than the Colts right now. Right now it does. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, are you taking the charges here too? I don't remember. If you said, already. yes, I'm getting, uh, I, I think I said, but yes, I'm taking the charges. Okay. Let's move on then to the Chicago Bears at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, David Montgomery is starting to practice a little bit. So obviously would downgrade Cleo Herbert if he is back this week. Sure. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, we saw signs of life from this passing offense a little bit from Darnell <laughs> Mooney, but you know. I, That's all it took is for us to get off completely for him to have some semblance of a decent game, right? Right, but I mean, at best, he's still what, a wide receiver four, although he has some upside, at least now we see, right? We saw Justin Fields throw upwards of 20 targets or 20 passes. 20 is not 40. You can't start Bears receivers, not this year at all yeah it's either montgomery or herbert right now That's right. in in most you know normal 10 to 12 team leagues yep all right on the viking side here i do think that maybe we'll finally start to see a few more signs of life out of dalvin cook as well with the bears rushing defense just abhorrent so far i do think cook should have a nice day here and obviously you're starting jefferson and potentially Thielen as a flex 
Yeah, Cook, I would buy. I, I do think much better days are ahead for him. Yeah, I, I certainly like Cook as well. And uh, again, divisional game, crazy things can happen, but especially at home, I'm going to take the Vikings here. No crazy things are happening this week. Minnesota by 14. All righty. Uh, let's move on then to the Detroit Lions at the New England Patriots. Jared Goff was excellent in a shootout last week against Seattle. And I actually quite like him rest of season because I do think that this Lions defense is going to continue forcing Goff into shootouts. However, this week, Bill Belichick is going to pound the rock and grind this Detroit team down like he almost did to Green Bay last week. I would look to avoid Goff here, not at home in the Dome this week, probably still without both DeAndre Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown, neither of whom practiced today as of Thursday. And uh, overall, I, I just think that this is a game where they're going to be trailing, where Belichick's going to play it slow. Uh, Jamal Williams, just a flex for me. And, you know, if you're desperate, Josh Reynolds, maybe. Does Belichick target Hawkinson to take him out of the game, or does he let them filter everything to him and let Detroit still lose anyways? No, I just don't. I, I think Hawkinson will be a fine, you know, top 10 start here. I, I, again, just wouldn't expect the shootout kind of game script like we saw against the Seahawks. Yeah, Belichick's going to take care of Goff just like he did three Super Bowls ago. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that, actually. Um, but yeah, he certainly knows how to get to Goff's pressure points. And uh, I think we're going to see a heavy dose of both Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson on the ground. Again, this Lions run defense is one to target. And uh, I, it really doesn't matter to me that it's Bailey Zappi or, you know, if Mac Jones miraculously recovers in time, it's going to be ground and pound all day long. Yep. Both are flexible this week. Avoid the pass catchers. Yeah. If you're desperate, if Jacoby Myers is back, uh, maybe he gets some more shorter targets. Maybe. Yeah. All right. So all that being said, I am going to take new England at home. Game of the Patriots. All right. It feels like we are, in lockstep through the first uh, five or six games here, but we'll yeah, see. Yeah, these we're were getting... pretty straightforward. Yeah, I think we're getting into some more messy ones here. First being the Seattle Seahawks <laughs> at the New Orleans Saints. Um, yeah. You know, same as Jared Goff. I loved Geno Smith last week, started him in multiple leagues where I had lost Trey Lance and Dak Prescott, but uh, I don't love Smith quite as much here on the road, nor Rashad Penny in what should be a closer, uh, slightly lower scoring game here. And I actually, you know, I'd like to hear your thought here, Los. If I, for some reason, had both Seattle wide receivers on my roster, I think I'm actually going to go with Lockett as a better flex option over Metcalf this week with Marshawn Lattimore likely to stick around and, you know, see a lot of DK Metcalf. We see Lattimore lock these guys down. I'm not going to shy away from Metcalf, but I, but I would prefer Lockett this week. Uh, he has <clears throat> Metcalf always has the bigger upside, but I, I think Lockett has more of the sure thing this week. Uh, Smith has connected with him. Plenty of targets uh, coming from him this year as, uh, as they're letting Gino cook. Yeah. And like you said, I don't think Metcalf is a must bench, but it certainly no. depends on your other options. And, you know, I told someone that uh, through DM just uh, earlier today, and they mentioned, you know, Justin Jefferson looked fantastic against Marshawn Lattimore. And uh, as, as good as DK Metcalf is, I would compare him more to Mike Evans, who has right. struggled a lot against Lattimore. Exactly. So that would be my, uh, my answer to anyone talking about Justin Jefferson. Lattimore lives in Mike Evans' head. He can't even escape <laughs> a game without uh, getting suspended with it by, when he plays Lattimore. Yeah, it's starting to remind me of uh, Michael Crabtree and Aqib Talib from a few yeah. years back with the chain oh, yeah. grabbing. And, uh, and I think we're at that level of rivalry at this point between those two. Yeah. Um, 
on the Saints side here, uh, if you're desperate for quarterback help this week, I think you could do worse than Andy Dalton. Uh, mm. I, I, it sounds gross to even say that, but yeah. look, so the Seattle's defense is not good. They've allowed the second most points to opponents through four games and the fifth most passing yards to opposing quarterbacks. And it sounds like Jameis Winston is still doubtful for this one. So look, depending on your other options, I don't think Andy Dalton is awful. And, uh, you know, Alvin Kamara said he'll be back. We'll see if we can trust him, but it does sound like he's trending up in the right direction here. And of course, Chris Olave remains a smash especially with Michael Thomas still looking very much iffy for this week. How about just letting Latavius Murray uh, just disappear off the team under, under their nose, huh? Yeah, I, I think that's certainly a good sign for Kamara. Yeah, there you go. Um, New Orleans defense is better than Seattle's, uh, even though their offense is not getting anything going. This should be a big game for Chris Olave. I'm taking the Saints. Yeah, and, you know, the Saints' defense hasn't really been playing up to their talent so far this season, but just being at home in the Superdome, I am going to lead yeah. New Orleans, home, but certainly, uh, certainly not a lock. No. All right, uh, next game up here, the Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets. More Oof. backup quarterbacks here. Um, Tua obviously out for this game, potentially longer depending on his evaluation over the, over the coming days. But uh, at the running back position, you know, Raheem Mostert continues to see the bulk of the snaps. I will say, though, Los, I've gotten a lot of questions about Chase Edmonds. And mm -hmm. depending on your team and your running back need and your depth, if you have the bench spot, I'm still holding on to Chase Edmonds. Yeah. Just oh, given, yeah. You know, Raheem Mostert's uh, track record of not staying healthy for, for large stretches. So And his age. Yeah, I mean, that too. And I, I think it's just still worth it holding for the upside if and when Edmonds does reassume that one uh, a role. And then yeah, I also good, think, yeah, go ahead. Good pass catcher in a, in a, in a good passing offense. And he, even though he was having a reduced role, they were drawing up a lot of plays to go directly to him. Yeah. And he's still getting, you know, that red zone goal line mark, right? right. So touchdowns have been keeping his uh, fantasy relevance afloat for sure. Yep. And at the quarterback position, look, Teddy Bridgewater is not a great quarterback, but if you need a streamer this week, you know, he's more of a bet on Mike McDaniel's scheme than, you know, the specific quarterback, right? We've seen Jared Goff uh, have success in Sean McVay's offense. We've seen Jimmy Garoppolo have some nice fantasy weeks uh, with Kyle Shanahan calling play. And especially with, uh, you know, when you have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell as your wide receivers, both of whom rank in the top six wide receivers in yards after the catch through four weeks. So in a pinch, I think Bridgewater's fine to throw into your starting lineup. Exactly. The, the one thing he can do is throw slant routes to, uh, to Hill and Waddle. So don't worry about that. Yeah. And they'll, they'll take it 60 yards to the house and Bridgewater exactly. will get those stats. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the Miami side here, it's good to see Brees Hall's involvement has steadily increased since the start of the season, 67% uh, of the snaps in week four against Pittsburgh. And he's being elevated into almost that mid to high end RB two spot. Now, if he continues to see this kind of lead back work and given his talent, especially with all the injuries and disappointments at the running back position. So uh, do you want to play a quick little, would you rather with Brees Hall? I can do that. All right. So right now, you know, I, I think you're still taking guys like Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara, right? Correct me if I'm wrong here. Yes. Oh, yeah. Wait, are we talking rest of the season or are we talking yeah, about rest of the season? This week? Okay. Rest yes. of the season. Okay. Um, certainly guys like Derrick Henry. What about Josh Jacobs versus Brees Hall? 
you know what, for right now, I'll hang out in Josh Jacobs, but that may change. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about him more when we get to the Raiders, but he's been seeing right. a lot of receiving usage and that's always yep. what we've wanted <laughs> for so long. We've wanted for years. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Just, you know, he was able to do that at Alabama and Gruden for whatever reason decided not to. What about Brees Hall versus James Conner? That's Brees Hall for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm in agreement there. We're, we're seeing the, the receiving usage go a little bit to Eno Benjamin and Daryl Williams, which is yeah. kind of, you know, the worries we had preseason and why I was lower on Connor. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, what about Miles Sanders? Who's running behind, you know, a top five Philadelphia offensive line still kind of touchdown dependent, but Hey, the mm-hmm. touchdowns will be there in this offense, right? He, he is very touchdown dependent and way too many of them go to the other two quarter or the other two running backs and the quarterback. Give me Brees Hall. Yeah, that one's tough for me. I think that one's more of like, is Sanders your RB2 or your RB3, right? Because okay. I think if you want the consistent um, workload and production for now, it might still be Sanders, but certainly over the second half of the season, I could see Hall really taking over as a potentially workhorse role. Okay. Uh, here's an interesting one. What about Najee Harris, who's been getting a lot of work, Ooh. but the Steelers offense has not looked great. And uh, certainly tough matchups coming over the next four weeks, as we talked about. Yeah, tough matchups coming up. Um, if you're sitting okay with uh, with three or four wins, I, I would hang on to Najee. I do think better days are ahead for him as that schedule clears up and as uh, Kenny Pickett gets a little more uh, experience under his belt. Um, so, so I'm going to go with Najee. All right, let's do uh, just a few more quick ones. Let's pound these sure. out and move on. Sure. Uh, C.H., uh, Damian Pierce, and Paul, James Paul. Robinson. Oh, okay. Mm. James Robinson, man, that's a conundrum wrapped in an enigma. I think I got to go Robinson. He's a, he's a running back one. Like he, he's a workhorse. Yeah. I mean, certainly was looking real good before that tough game in the rain at Philly, but you know, I, I'm not willing to write him off after one down game. No, I think, it's Robinson. I think I would lean hall just for, okay. the, you know, that explosiveness and, and Travis Etienne. I do think, you know, technically this is his red shirt rookie year. And I do think he will continue to get more involved as the year goes by. I don't know. I, I, I think, I think in the urban Meyer offense, he might've ended up the one, but he's, he's a scat back. He's not a powerful guy. He is not the running back that James Robinson is, even though he was a first rounder and Robinson was, uh, was he undrafted or was he a fifth rounder? Uh, yeah, I he was forget. undrafted, I think. Yeah, that's um, right. But I think my concern is more, you know, whatever you think of ETN, he's just going to get more involved and, you know, kind of vulture away some of that relevance from Robinson, even if ETN himself isn't necessarily startable week to week. I don't think he will. I don't know. All right. I, I just, yeah. Fair I'm, enough. I'm, taking, I'm taking Hall over Robinson, but certainly worth uh, discussing. Sure. I don't think it's a clear cut call by any means. Sure. Um, if you're desperate, I might be throwing Corey Davis into a lineup uh, with Wilson targeting him a lot. Um, in a league where Rashad Bateman's very questionable and we'll get to him in just a little bit, but what um, did we all spend collectively on Garrett Wilson and, and why? I, I think he'll still be fine. Um, <laughs> you know, he has the most upside, I think right now still among the jets wide receivers, but yeah, it, it's going to be up and down week to week. I think, I think Zach Wilson should seriously consider taking like sabbatical for just like the next 10 or 12 weeks. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, all that being said, even with Bridgewater, I'm going to lean the Dolphins on the road. Yeah. Uh, Bridgewater's going to get the job done. Uh, Miami's going to win by, by two scores. 
All right, moving on then to the Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about in this one on either side. Kyle Pitts with a hamstring injury, uh, questionable, but he was already very questionable for fantasy stardom. Um, I think if you got like Everett and uh, Joku, I think you're starting them over Pitts at this point. Yeah, I am. Yeah, um, but you know, even after a down game last week, I think you're still throwing Drake London back into your lineup, especially uh, you know in a game where the Bucks are favored by double digits. So I do think there is going to be plenty of target volume for London, even after yeah. a down week. Yeah, I, easy for me to say because I didn't draft Pitts anywhere because I didn't take him in the in the early third round. But um, cause if you did, I can understand that being a difficult decision on your heart. But the the choice is clear: Everett over Pitts. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I picked up Joku in a league. Um, yeah. Certainly, if you added Fryermuth first, you know, in the tenth round or something, but uh, not dropping Pitts, right? No, yeah, it, no, the upside no. is still there, so do not panic. Not. Drop at the very least. The problem um, is love, the passing volume in the offense and Marcus Mariota. Yeah, and it's just they're not really scheming anything up for Pitts. They're just kind of throwing them out there. And, you know, again, Arthur Smith winning games without him. So uh, and as long as he can say that, uh, I, I guess at least the management can't say anything about not using Pitts. But um, all that being said, you know, on, on the Bucks side here, I think it's pretty clear cut as well. Evans, Godwin, Fournette, Brady, you're starting mm-hmm. those guys. Yep, yep. Good week for them. All right, and I will take the Bucks at home. I will take Tampa. All right. Oh, you know what? I forgot to uh, mention. I think I'm still up in our pickums thus far, right? Yeah, I think you're up three. I think you gained one on me last week. Uh, I think I'm up two now. Two? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was one, one, and then yep. I took one, and then you took one. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. So no, no chance for you to uh, pass me so far as we've been in lockstep, but. We'll see about this next one, Tennessee Titans at the Washington Commanders. And, you know, Washington's defense hasn't intercepted a pass since week one. Uh, Over the last three games, they've allowed nine passing touchdowns to zero interceptions. So I like Tannehill this week as my top streaming option at quarterback. Um, They've also, you know, allowed the fourth most points and ninth most passing yards to opposing quarterbacks. So I like Tannehill. I think Woods is a viable flex, and you're starting Derrick Henry. Sad about uh, Trey Burks, but it just unlocks Robert Woods. He's he's going to be fine. Solid uh, PPR flex. Yeah, and I wasn't super high on Burks to begin with. I think in yeah. most redraft formats, I'm perfectly fine dropping him because this oh, yeah. turf toe thing could be an issue, even, you know, for weeks and weeks. Yep, absolutely. All right, on the other side here, another uh, rookie wide receiver injury, Jahan Dotson out for yeah. a couple of weeks with a hamstring, it sounds like. Uh, Curtis Samuel, uh, fire him up as a wide receiver too, I think. And uh, McLaurin as a boomer bust flex play here, probably a bit more boom against the Titans defense that hasn't been great either. And I do think that Logan Thomas is a viable tight end start here with Dotson out as well. Could get some of those red zone targets that have been going Dotson's way the last few weeks. Yeah. Wentz has not looked great the past two weeks. He just lost his most explosive option on the field right now uh, with despite Samuel getting plenty of targets. Hopefully McLaurin can take a step forward this week though. He has, uh, I I think he just has the one big touchdown catch and really hasn't done much else this season. Um, Whereas on the other side of the football, Derrick Henry is getting going and not stopping this week. Give me the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. I will take the Titans on the road as well. Again, just, you know, it's hard to bet against Justin Herbert and it's hard to bet on Carson Wentz. Sure is. 
All right. Uh, Houston Texans at Jacksonville up next. I'm going to take the L on Damian Pierce, who I was not very high on. Um, You know, I I was hesitant on Lovey Smith, given the rookie a big workload, but Pierce has handled every single carry for the Texans against the Chargers last week. And more importantly, he got a lot more involved as a receiver, um, getting more usage than Burkhead in the passing game. And I think he's a decent RB2 option for now going forward. Yeah, it's going to go back and forth. Um, I, I don't see him as a workhorse option, uh, despite the despite the work this past week. Um, Burkhead was still working in there on a number of passing downs, still had five targets himself. So I, I think this is just an aberration of a Lovey Smith offense. That said, I agree with you. He's a running back, too, against Jacksonville. Yep, and on the Jags side, uh, again, you know, the split we were just talking about, ETN actually saw more snaps than James Robinson for the first time last week against the Eagles in a game where they're trailing. So I, I do think this reverts back to more of a Robinson week, but that, that, that kind of goes back to what we were saying when we were discussing Hall and Robinson, because I think the Jaguars have surprisingly been winning and you know getting out front in a lot of these games early in the season, and I do think that they're going to be trailing a bit more in the second half with some tougher opponents coming up. I mean, despite that, that care, the, uh, the workload split ETN and, and being down ETN turned that into one target and like a three, maybe four point day or something total. Uh, I'm not seeing it. They're putting him in there to, to keep Robinson fresh. They don't want to overwork that, uh, that Achilles. And when he's in here, he's the guy, if he's in, he's probably getting the ball. So defenses should probably take note. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think, uh, potentially we'll see Zay Jones back and he'd be an okay flex play if he is yeah. back this week and you're starting Christian Kirk, of course. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, the AFC South Jacksonville looks like one of the top teams in the AFC South. So I'll take them at home. Yeah. I will take Jacksonville. This, uh, if you're still in it, if you're still in any, this, this might be my survival pick this week. Yeah. Or, I mean, it's an easy week to use Buffalo. Yeah. But I, I still like to hang on to them for a little, little while longer. Okay. Either way, um, you know, th- this is a weird week where I feel like it's almost a trap week because I like a lot of the favorites uh, right. in, in this week's slate. And I don't know. I mean, I'll be making some bets on the favorites, but it just it feels like a trap because we've seen a lot of upsets through four weeks. Listen to the Admiral. All right. Uh, moving on to the mid-afternoon slate on Sunday, the San Francisco 49ers at the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Jeff Wilson and Debo Samuel starts maybe Kittle depending on your other options, but he certainly has not been great thus far. Hang on to Brandon. Ayuk. don't drop him just because Mung hates him. I, I love Brandon. Ayuk as a talent. I just, it's, it's Jimmy just Garoppolo. Don't see that this offense is so much better with Jimmy Garoppolo in it. I don't. I, and, you know, with, a, they did just elite... beat the, uh, what, they pay, they played the uh, Super Bowl champions, right? Yeah, the defense what, what happened beat up on Stafford. That's what happened. Okay. You're and then right. Debo, the Samuel took, Debo Samuel took a near interception 80 yards to the house. That, that's also what happened on offense. So he did. So it was an 80-yard passing touchdown, right? Yeah, technically. Okay. I mean, yeah. in the same way that's that I, yeah. any Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill touchdowns this week will be Teddy Bridgewater touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, and those will be for a victory, and that is what real football teams need. All right. All right. We'll move on. Uh, on the Carolina side, certainly uh, downgrade Christian McCaffrey a little bit against this fierce defense, but you know, you're not benching him. I can't imagine you have two better options at running back 
Um, and then maybe DJ Moore in a game where Carolina's probably trailing for the entirety of it. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's, really a, he's, a flex. He, he's an upside flex. I, I'll give him that, but not much more than that. He's getting the targets, but Mayfield is not making those targets into anything. Yeah, and uh, this is another week where we might see the elite defenses help win the week for people, uh, the Niners, the Bills, maybe the Bucks as well. So give me the Niners here. San Francisco. Moving on then to the Dallas Cowboys at the LA Rams. Despite some good showings against weak Giants and Commanders defenses, for me, CeeDee Lamb, just a flex option this week. I think he's likely to see a lot of Jalen Ramsey in this one. Uh, what do you think about CeeDee Lamb here? I think he's fine. They're, they're going to have to, they're going to have to keep using him to force the ball. Um, my first question, they, they, Dak is ruled out for sure. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't think he's gripping the ball yet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're not sitting CD. I don't think, are you? I mean, well, you might, cause you're not a, you're not CD much of a Lamb guy. Terry McLaurin. CD Lamb. I think I'm going McLaurin in this one. I hope you're right. Um, CD Lamb or Christian Kirk? Christian Kirk. So I guess CD Lamb or yeah. Chris Godwin? No, Chris Godwin. Yeah, I mean he's in that back end wide receiver two range. Uh, yeah. high end yes. wide receiver yeah, three. I mean Amari Cooper. No, CD. Robert Woods. <sighs> Probably still CD. Okay. Um. But you have to think about it, right? It's not like yeah. the last couple of weeks where you're like, start him up. I, you've definitely rubbed off on me, Mung. I, 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 I am not just a blind start your studs guy anymore. <laughs> what happened there? Well, I, you, a little bit. I mean, sometimes you're right. I mean, you, oh, okay. you know, that's, there, there is a reason that you do this for, for a living, right? <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, you know, we'll see about Noah Brown and uh, Michael Gallup certainly contributed his first game back. I think you can fire up those two as, you know, very boomer bust options at the wide receiver four range. Yeah, and... I like Gallup. They, they got him involved uh, in his first game back. I expected him to play a little more decoy, a little less action last week. Uh, he looked good. Yeah, I mean, does Dak Prescott get his job? <laughs> maybe uh no I, I think he definitely will but i do think that cooper rush has played himself into a contract whenever he's done with dallas yeah. i will say that um on the other side here much like cd lamb i don't love marquis or oh man I, i'm on the wrong game here um hmm. I, I'm, I was moving on to the philly game but you were talking Rams about Allen robinson here, Nobody yeah. likes them. You're, you're, we're all with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was ready to move on from the Rams because all we have to talk about is just Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby right now. Nobody yeah. else. Yeah, not those running backs. Yeah. Um, yeah, literally, I don't want to talk about the Rams uh, <laughs> and anything else on the Rams. I, I'm still holding Allen Robinson in a couple of leagues where, you know, there aren't great options on the waiver wire, but I don't think he's a must hold at this point. We, we discussed this uh, at yeah. length last week, so we don't have to rehash all that. Yeah. Um, what about the running backs though? Are, are they must, I mean, neither of them are must starts, but are you flexing either of them right now? It's just so unreliable. Acres does have, you know, the more carries Henderson has a little more pass game work, but it's just so spotty. Yeah, and they the Rams just lost another offensive lineman. Yeah, so it, it's 
there's just not a whole lot. I don't think they're must holds, but in a 12 team league, I don't know that there are a ton of running backs out there. Running back's so tough. In a 10 team league, I don't think you have to hold Akers or uh, Henderson. Okay. Do you have a preference? Mm, uh, cop out, but no. <laughs> yeah, it, it's still Henderson for me, but only mildly, just just because of the password. But yeah, Akers is getting I mean, a little more. Of you know, it. kudos to him. Akers looks healed. He just doesn't look quite as explosive, and you know that's yeah. a big difference. Well, he he we could have just been overvaluing and overrating him. We never actually saw him produce at a very high level and high level running backs flame out, that are drafted flame out all the time in the NFL. It's not a it's not what I'd call a, a rare thing. Sure, and even before the injury, he was a good athlete but not elite by any means. Yeah. Yep. Oh, uh, this is an ugly one. I'm just going to lean the home team. I still think that, you know, the Rams looked awful against the Niners, but the Niners are an elite elite defense. And- yeah. I think Aaron Donald and uh, Jalen Ramsey are still going to give Cooper rush more issues than he's had against weak NFC East opponents. The last few games. I agree. It's ugly. It's not a high scoring game, but, but the Rams defense will dominate here. All right, let's move on. Then I was ready to talk about this game five minutes ago. Yeah, apparently we're excited. <laughs> the Philly Eagles at the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I think Miles Sanders should be fine here in a game where they're projected to win. And, uh, you know, let's talk about Miles Sanders a little bit sure. because I did see some sentiments on Twitter, online, about him as a potential sell high, which I think is fine depending on who you can get for him. But again, you know, this is a top five offensive line unit in the league right now. We expect the Philadelphia Eagles to be leading and winning a lot of games with their defense as well. So I think Sanders is a hold for me. Well, who can't, who are, are you seeing any trades go through? Well, I've seen offers thrown around. So let me ask you, let, let's do a quick, would you rather again, right? Sure. I think this, this has been a good episode for a lot of these because of all the running back injuries and just yeah. a lot of, you know, four games in where we kind of know who's real and who's not a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, if someone offered you James Conner. Yeesh. Ooh, no, I, I, I think I would hang on to Miles Sanders. I, I agree there. Um, someone if someone's offering up Najee Harris that I would do, like I said earlier, I, I think, I think things will turn around for him. Okay. Your boy, James Robinson. Yeah, it's James. Okay. Uh, what about JK Dobbins who got two touchdowns like, against oh. the Buffalo bills, but really didn't do much on the ground. Yeah. Cam makers 2.0, huh? Um, <laughs> Jeez, I think I hang on to Sanders right now. Very similar problems in their offense, though, with the quarterback stealing from them. Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with Sanders there as well. So, you know, again, he's in that RB2 He's range. a good running back. Yeah, don't yeah. let me. I mean, I have no disdain for him. He's a great running back. Uh, top top three from his draft year, right? Although the other two yeah, are Jeff Jacobs. I was going to say, look, Kenneth Gainwell and whoever else is going to vulture some touchdowns here or there. But Sanders is still the lead back. And he's yeah. going to be you know a reliable option at, at the worst in RB3 every week, even if you know the touchdowns aren't there every week. He'll have lots of 20 to 20 yardage. You need yardage to win games. Yep. All right. Uh, let's move on to the Cardinal side. And before, when I jumped ahead, I, I was going to talk about Marquise Brown this week because he's going to see a lot of Darius Slay and a tough Eagle secondary. I don't think you have to bench him because, you know, wide receivers kind of iffy outside of the top, yep. top 20 or so guys. And I think Brown is still in that top 20. I, I just think he's closer to 20 than he is to 10, which he has been the last few weeks. 
That's fine. You you didn't draft him in your top 10 anyways. So I, I see no reason to set him. Sure. I'm just saying, you know, depending on your other options, maybe yeah. you've got a guy like, I don't know. Uh, maybe you picked up Romeo dubs, George Pickens. I'm still going with Brown this week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, potentially a Zach Ertz revenge game, but uh, regardless of a tough Eagles defense, uh, there just aren't many uh, good tight end options right now. So I can't imagine you're, you're benching Ertz for any reason. No, Ertz is good so far this year. I, I don't necessarily expect it to last for 17 weeks, but uh, for now he's a, he's a top five play. Yeah. And I do think Kyler Murray will be okay here because he does, you know, the Eagles strength, uh, you know, their defensive line in front seven, he still has that mobility to wear them out a little bit, just run around yeah. 80 yards on one play in circles. Uh, but all that being said, I'm going to take Philly. Ooh, gosh, that Arizona defense is so bad. I, I have to take Philadelphia. Yep. All right. Battle of the birds and the I'm green not gaining anything this week. Hmm. I gotta, I gotta pick my spots wisely. Like I've well, got to gain ground, but I, I can't be stupid either. Sure. But uh, Hey, this next game, you know, a lot of question yeah. marks here, uh, Sunday night football, the Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens here. T Higgins slated to play through an ankle injury. So, you know, still starting him depending on their other options, but maybe just lower expectations a little bit. Um, Chase hasn't been the best, but you're not punching Jamar Chase, certainly. And uh, same with Joe Mixon. I think he covered it straightforward offense. All right. A little bit more to talk about on the Ravens side. J.K. Dobbins went from 43% snap share in his debut to 52% in week four, just really benefited from those touchdowns and then Justice Hill's hamstring injury. So if you need running back help now, I'm fine with holding and playing Dobbins. My concern is... What is his usage going to look like once Justice Hill's back from that hamstring in a few weeks? And then Gus Edwards was activated right. to the practice window too, so he could be back pretty soon. And, you know, this seems like a decade ago, but it was just last year, last preseason, I was talking about fading J.K. Dobbins at ADP for Gus Edwards because Edwards has looked good in his career. And I think, one, he's a waiver stash to add preemptively. And, two, I do think Dobbins is a sell high after a two-touchdown yep. week. You're right on both parts. Now is, is Edwards, did he have an extension of his injury or something that came up in practice or is this all just recovery from the same thing that we maybe expected him to be ready for the regular season by? I think he was just behind in his time. Yeah, that's what I thought too. That worries me in a little bit of an aging running back. So his first game back, we're going to find out if he's actually going to be a problem. That said, this, whether, whether he is or not, it, it's a it's sell high time probably after this week for J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, I mean, if maybe, not right now. maybe controversial, but I, I would still take Miles Sanders over J.K. Dobbins rest of the I, season. Yeah, right I, think we, I think we both just agreed on that uh, in, our, in our prior game. <laughs> All right. Um, let's talk about Rashad Bateman a little bit too because he has not practiced yet this week with a minor foot injury, which may not be so minor. Uh, and that could have factored into his lack of usage a little bit against the bills, but really concern heading into the season was lack of target volume. And we've already seen that. And now with the foot injury, uh, a lot of question marks around Bateman, I think Devin Duvernay becomes an interesting flex option. If Bateman misses this game, what do you think? I thought that last week and last week, what did he do for us? He turned in um, five targets for 50 yards. That sounds like a, a, a Duvern day. You know, so, so expect, <laughs> something, expect something like that. So you're not saying nay to Duvernay? 
No, not saying I'm not saying nay, but I'm also not saying yay. <laughs> I'm Fair saying enough. I'm saying Devin Duver. Okay, we, we keep things simple for our <laughs> listeners, certainly. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I don't feel great about this if Bateman is out, but I'm still leaning the home team Ravens here. Yeah, you sort of took my opportunity away. I thought you were going to get real excited about uh, Jamar Chase being as how much uh, he before Drake London there was Jamar Chase for mom. Um but uh, yeah, I'm taking Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, and people, you know, people have been referencing the massive game that the Bengals had against them last year. I think the Ravens learned not to play that kind of man coverage one on one with Chase downfield. Uh, they're going to be smarter here. <sighs> They were um, also missing their entire secondary last year. Not that they're not injured at all this year, but it, I mean, it was another world for Baltimore last year. Yeah, but it you know it was like that uh, that Chiefs Bucks game where they decided to you know cover Tyree Kill one on one, and then they realized right. that wasn't going to work. So I right. think the Ravens have learned their lesson here. Yep. Um, speaking of Tyree Kill, his old team on Monday Night Football, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Josh McDaniels, as we said, finally got Josh Jacobs more involved as a receiver. So certainly like seeing him getting a, a higher target share. And it's good news for them that Hunter Renfro is prepped to return this week from his concussion. Uh, starting Devontae Adams, of course. This team is very tough for me because you're going to have producers, but who is the producer from a week to week? There's no consistency there. We see, we see Devonte Adams, you know, have, I think 15 plus targets in the first week fade back a little bit, have 13 this past week. Darren Waller hasn't done much, but he might explode for 10 plus targets this week. Uh, it's, it's been difficult to pinpoint, um, but that's, that's the name of the game in fantasy football. Uh, the, the Raiders are going to have to produce to keep pace with the Chiefs. So uh, fire up your Raiders. Yeah, and I like Derek Carr this week for that yeah. exact reason. Yep. Um, although, not much uh, to say. Although yeah, they knew uh, who's, who's that uh, defensive end they drafted, the, the, the Greek guy, I think. can't think of his Karloftis. name. Karloftis. Karloftis. He is all over the place. Um, he, he, might, uh, he might meet Derek Carr, get a, get a good introduction to the NFL that way. <laughs> that, that is definitely possible, especially if the Raiders are trailing. Um, but on the Chiefs' side, not a whole lot to talk about. It's Mahomes, Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and Isaiah Pacheco as definite stash. He should be rostered yeah. in most leagues. Just he looked explosive. Uh, no, not necessarily start him yet because I think it's still a lot of Ceh and McKinnon mixing in here and there. But what's uh, his? Uh, what's his? Do you know what his size comp is offhand? He he's running like Rashad Penny, which looks great right now but it does worry me just the more usage he gets. No, honestly, he reminded me when I was watching him against the bucks, he reminded me of Kareem hunt. I think he's like five, 10 15, mm. something like that. Okay. So, okay. And sub four, four speed. So if anything were to happen to CH, I mean, Pacheco could yeah. be a league winner. And then, I mean, you don't need much more than a straight line runner in Kansas city. If the, if the line's operating, right. Yeah. And they have a top five offensive line. Yep. Yep. So yeah, they spent yeah. a, they spent a lot of money and time getting that right after that Super Bowl that uh, Mahomes couldn't stay on his feet during. Yeah, they they definitely uh, overcompensated and went all out for offensive line help after yeah. that Super Bowl. Hey, it's important. So we're both taking the Chiefs here, yeah, Los? No, I'm taking the Chiefs, and you're taking the Raiders. Oh, okay. I see. And by executive decision, yes. Uh, I think this is the first week in a very long time where I, I don't think we've clashed on any of these. 
No, we didn't. This, uh, this was, this wasn't the week to do it. You know, this, but, this, uh... <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying though. Right. Los, like at, if you're into sports betting, um, this feels like an easy week, which makes it feel like then a trap week because there's just no way that all the favorites win. Yeah. No way. No, yeah. That's not how it works, but, uh, it, it sure feels like it should be, you know, just for funsies real quick, Los. If you had to pick an upset here, which one are you going? Ooh, let me page through really quickly. Uh, Cincinnati's not a bad one. Um, the Jets is interesting, just in case Teddy Bridgewater decides not to show up. Yeah, I think I think it'd be Cincinnati. Yeah, I think it'd be Cincinnati or maybe Seattle for me. Just because New Orleans okay. hasn't looked great either. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. That's that's a good one too. Yeah. But yeah, all that uh, you know, all these matchups seem clear cut for a large majority of them. But yeah. again, that's why they play the games because that's right. nothing nothing matters well, on, on the field. Yep. Um, all right. A couple of listener questions from our mailbag before great. we finish this one out. Uh, at GM1971 asks, Rashad Bateman or Gabriel Davis in full PPR? Uh, you know, let's assume that Bateman is playing, but we don't know that, right? So I think that answers the question. Yeah, yeah I, I'm assuming this is a rest of season question. Um, well, uh, yeah, if, if it's a, if it's a for this week question, it's it may become a moot point rather quickly, uh, depending on who even plays. Uh, but assuming it's a rest of season question, I lean Gabe Davis here. Uh, ankles worry me a little more than or, or a little less than feet worry me historically speaking from a from a long standing perspective. Um, and uh, I, I unfortunately I'd rather have the Bills number two than the uh, Ravens number one in the way these offenses operate. I think I would lean Bateman, but it's certainly up for debate. I don't think I would call you crazy if you debate, man. Gabe Davis. But I, I think we've seen those massive plays from Bateman, right? And yeah. we're, we're seeing that Baltimore is going passive again this year yep. because of the state of their defense. And so I would still take the number one, in even a, a slightly lower passing volume offense, just because we've seen the speed that Bateman has when healthy. Um, but certainly, you know, this week, I think you're going with Davis without knowing if Bateman's going to play yet on yeah. Sunday night, unless we get clarity, you know, early Saturday or early morning Sunday. Yeah. Good debate, man. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there you go. GM 1971, whether your question was for this week or rest of season, we answered both. Um, and then we've got at Bo Dutton who asks in a 12 team PPR with an extra flex. So I, I, I'm assuming two flex positions. Double flex, okay. Um, he has Eckler, Fournette, AJ Brown, Mike Williams, Chris Olave. So pretty solid running backs and wide yeah. receivers. Yeah, um, very much so. so. Pick a trade side: Devonte Adams or Alvin Kamara plus Alan Lazard. That's a tough one. I, I think, In that lineup, I think I'm going I, Adams. Yeah, I am too. Reason is um, the upgrade from Mike Williams to Adams or from AJ Brown to Adams, depending on how you want to look at it, the upgrade from Mike Williams to AJ Brown as your locked in position is better than, uh, than moving from Fournette to Kamara. As a matter of fact, I, I think both Eckler and Fournette are better than Kamara. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. There you have it. Uh, hopefully those two questions answered will help you guys out. Best of luck uh, in your leagues this week and for the rest of the season. And if you've got any other questions about week five, sit, start, trade questions, free agent ads, whatever it might be, you can find us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And you can find me at FFA underscore Los. That's L-O-S. Uh, hopefully your running back room looks better than the one uh, for in Indianapolis right now. Uh, you can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. Please remember to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. It's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts.